Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Local Earshot Podcast. I'm here with Jonathan Grissom, More Bands Media. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. I'm your host, Brad Biggs. I'm with 13th Step Tone Solutions. In the house today with, well, we're doing a hybrid show today. We got uh, one remote and one in-house. We have Katie and Steve with the band Sisteria. Y'all, y'all are out of Norman or OKC? What do y'all claim? We're a little hybrid there, too. Oh, we're, yeah? We're all over. <laughs> yeah. Half of us are in OKC and half in Norman. Okay. Well, it's it's um, this is going to be new for me. So um, when I ask questions, I'll have to kind of like direct here a little bit. <laughs> but um, y'all are both the principal songwriters for the band, right? We could we could say I'm probably labeled songwriter as far as lyrics are concerned, and Steve's going to be the mastermind behind the compositions. Okay. Well, yeah. Steve, what's your uh, what's your uh, where do you fit in on that that whole thing as far as the creative process? Um, that's a good question. I've never considered myself exactly a songwriter, but uh, I guess when when Katie approached me, I, I sort of started to interpret riffs i'm a riff interpreter <laughs> and then i put all that stuff it's together into page now, <laughs> into the format oh, of a He's song got a wikipedia page this guy's famous linkedin look at, look at that linkedin <laughs> says riff interpreter so um well how long has the band been around oh my god it's in utero in in our minds forever um i don't know steve i i, I looked back at our text thread it looks like we got started rolling in February of 2019. And just like everything else, we did it totally backwards. I came in and I said, I don't know how to play any of this, um, but I want to make a rock and roll record. And so did he. And it was just, as as we'll probably get into, a, a melting of the, the mind's perfect timing. But we recorded a record first, assembled a band as we were creating the project and then started performing. So, uh, Sisteria in some form or fashion, February of 2019. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So right before the, the crash, the crash, the great crash. <laughs> so, um, you have a hodgepodge of players from around town here. We were talking about earlier. You have, uh, Matt from, um, Mary Walker's, uh, who's the other players you got here? We got Richie Tarver from Rainbows Are Free, uh, Matt Knutson, who plays in a, a group called Frequency Jones up in Edmond, uh, Nathan Lofties, who uh, Steve and Nathan go way back um, with a project called Magnificent Bird, myself and Steve. So that's six. Mm. That's the family. Yeah. Um, so Steve, as far as when y'all got together, like how did this thing formulate? Uh, COVID wasn't on the horizon when y'all were coming together, I assume. No, we had we had uh, no knowledge that uh, the world was going to start spiraling. Uh, so we were kind of taking our time uh, and very intently 
doing something that uh, just we thought was cool. Um, initially, like she contacted me. We'd worked on a, a previous EP that was uh, kind of a singer-songwriter sort of thing. And uh, she approached me saying that she wanted to do something like heavy. And that was the exact mood that I was in. I sort of come from heavier stuff. Uh, but both of us coming out of a, uh, I don't know, folky country sort of thing, <laughs> um, we started to put together something that was uh, as honest to the, the vibe and the feelings and everything that we felt at the time. And she she said she wanted to do this whole thing, so we started working on it. Um, and it, like, I don't know, it sort of just, it grew more legs than I ever thought it yeah. kind of would. I think that's the one thing we've learned from this project, just in general for life, is that the true magic happens when... You are not in it for anything else other than a good time and, you know, that real authentic creativity. It's only later that your ego catches up with yeah. you and goes, oh, crap, what are we supposed to do? Now it's good. Um, but gosh, yeah, Steve's right. I mean, it, it was just so cool. I would have a phrase or two in my head and he'd pick up the guitar or bass and be like, well you know, what, what What about this with it? And I'm like, it, it just, I don't want to say everything was perfect because it's probably the hardest thing, at least in my life that I've ever done. It, it was so much work, but it was a different kind of work. There's a, there's a big difference in making the step from uh, hearing a song and trying to recreate a song that's already out there and trying to sing that song or play that song. And then there's a stepping into writing or you know, creating something from nothing and it's 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 a completely different thought pro at least in my head it is when i sit down to write a song versus sit down to learn a song it's mm -hmm. two completely different avenues yeah and the biggest thing like steve touched on is is we had both come from this very formulaic you know aba folky you know the song's already near completion when i come into the studio ready to record it and then we just add some bells and whistles to it so for me as a songwriter, I was so vulnerable. You know, Steve is, I still know, is the only person on the planet at Breathing Rhythm that I could have embarked on this journey with because nobody in their right mind, at least for me, could walk into a studio and say, I don't, I don't have any songs, but um, can we learn, you know, can we try to create them? And I've got these little ideas and these little pieces in my head. And then... You know, to me, that's the most fascinating part. Voice recordings on her Right, phone. voice recordings. <laughs> um, you know, I would have been so embarrassed to show anybody else. And Steve, you know, I, I'll let him speak to this part because I don't, I don't think this was fairly new for him, too, to be able to take the time and to work from the ground up something that could have been so overwhelming. How do you create something from absolutely nothing? But for us, we were too busy either having fun or trying to figure it out to to capsize, and it and it worked piece by piece. Um, yeah, Steve. Uh, as far as that goes, uh, 
can you comment on that further the, as far as that goes i mean tell well, us uh, what happened well, steve <laughs> um no how about this how about this uh where do where do y'all when you sit down to write a song or create anything even learn a song whatever like what's the instrument that you reach for what i mean everybody's attracted to different instruments when they first start playing and i me i was right i was saxophone because that was the only option i was given and nice. then you hit about 14 and you're like, yeah, chicks don't dig saxophone. I'm not Clarence Thomas here, you know? So, uh, so where did, where did, where did you start? The wrong chicks don't dig saxophone, but the right chicks That's, do that's dig right. Saxophone. We know that now. <laughs> In our evolved state now, everybody wants a saxophone player. So, uh, where did, where did you start with your musical, with your musical journey? And then where did y'all intersect? I guess if you want to talk about like musical journey, uh, I personally started off on drums, and I'm very comfortable in that realm, and that sort of just happens in my head. So I don't need to like do any noodling or anything with drums when it comes to writing or putting something together. But uh, as secondary instruments, um, like I'm, I'm fairly comfortable on guitar, fairly comfortable on bass. I'm not very comfortable on piano, but the linear format of that instrument makes so much sense to me well the theory is um as opposed to like chord shapes yeah yeah the theory is laid out yeah it, and like i i don't i don't have that sort of background that educated um thing that a lot of people uh have and so everything that i put out is just like okay what is my mind hearing and how do i make that come out through whatever instrument that is so really when she came in and we'd start working on something, I would set up just an SM57 and we'd move it around the room to whatever we were working on. Sometimes I'd tap something out on the piano as far as like a melody or something. Um, if it was more of a groove-based thing, I think uh, bass was more the comfortable spot for that uh, because I'm not worrying about chords and things like that. I'm, I'm more, I'm, I like to put things together from the absolute most basic form of itself um and that in the in the record all the things that we did were a lot of simple instrumentation and simple playing all put together in this way that makes it complex when it needs to be but very simple when it also needs to be and that's something i like a lot yeah like I don't even need to play chords on the guitar, just single note things sometimes. Um, it's got to have groove, man. It's all those basic groove. elements. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it does. It's got to, like, that's, that's the genius of Katie is that she knows throughout this whole process, she knows exactly when something feels right. Um, a lot of times as musicians, we can sort of have go-to things that we sort of do without thinking um and we just sort of put things together without really knowing like is this good is this not good is this just okay could it be better katie is the voice that like will shriek in your ear literally when something <laughs> like when when you hit when you hit the right spot uh you'll get this this uh do you want me to do a little sample know, no bell dinging yeah, <laughs> um, and and, and th like I can I cannot stress how amazing that is to have somebody there saying no 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 
<laughs> yes, that. <laughs> well, uh, like that's that's the whole process right there. Well, that's like that's where the magic really is, though, because there's no other realm. I have not found an environment in my 34 years on this planet that I can walk in and be you know, full shriek, right? Like full shriek <laughs> self. Um, I know all the shriek freaks out there. Like, I hope you're listening because um, that's so important. And so where I came in feeling vulnerable and incapable, like I can't play this, I can't do this. But, you know, intuitively, all of that's been in my cellular being since I got here. And meeting someone like Steve, who's being very humble right now and saying, I'm, you know, decent at guitar, I'm decent at bass. And to be perfectly honest, he played probably 75% of of what's on the final record, to be very honest. So um, to have that kind of um, emotional language combined with the technical, and then we both meet somewhere in the middle, you know, because his instincts are are brilliant from the other end of the spectrum. And so we, we always say... We're never saying the same thing, but we're more or less always on the same page. <laughs> well, hey, Sometimes that's... it takes a minute to realize what the hell. That's... Yeah, that's... he doesn't speak shriek all the time, but um, we're we're learning. We're learning. Oh, even in a in a jam session, I've as a guitar player, it's like sometimes trying to get an idea across to a drummer, bass, or any other member, and. It's like I speak guitar. Do you speak any guitar? I or know. I speak lead singer. Can you speak my language? And 45 minutes later, you're like, okay, so we're saying the same thing. Okay, great. Okay, great. Exactly. Yeah. Well, to, to speak to that, like having a room full of listeners, everybody on this record uh, has, has the talent of just listening. Uh, and and that, that is amazing because it allows somebody like Katie to not be like you know, you don't have overbearing personalities and and loud people in the room that you have to talk over or you have to like really commit to pitching something you just kind of lay it out there and we we all sort of uh you know I I, I like to say that we plus one an idea so if if one of us brings an idea like okay well that's kind of cool but what if what if we took that and did this extra thing with it? Or what if we, you know, fleshed it out a bit more? And, and so you don't have a bunch of people saying uh, that they don't like something immediately. Unless it's me and Katie, though. Yeah. Because then you got to get if, on down if, the if you road. Go, well. no. <laughs> if you go back a few minutes, like, it, it, it's equally as important to be able to trust somebody enough to, for for them to say, no, that, that's not too great uh in a very comfortable way like i don't get offended right and i don't get um you know i don't i I don't get discouraged because we have the relationship that is based on such a foundation of encouragement Mm -hmm. that i know the encouragement is coming i just have to work a little harder for it creative trust well and and like me as far as guitar parts if i'm cutting like tell me right away keep it scrap it because mm-hmm. I got a hundred ideas that are rolling through and if it's a keeper we need to record it on something quickly because mm-hmm. I'll forget it like yeah so it, it all depends on the person some people 
they bring in an idea. You don't know how long they've been working on that idea, and it could yeah. be a 24-hour project, and you're, like, dismissive about it. It can really ruffle a lot of feathers, you know? It's delicate. I think that's actually a great way to segue towards um, Hunger, uh, the song that that we're about to, to release, because another really cool part of this experience, uh, Steve and I kind of co-created this environment that he was just speaking to, of safe uh safety i guess in your creative expression yeah which we all talk about we all covet but rarely do we get right. to experience it yeah. right so we had a smorgasbord i guess this is the good word of of people coming in before we were ever a, a band before we had you know the set in stone group of guys that you see on stage with us and so um this song in particular has just such a cool beginning. My dear, dear friend, David Brewster, um, who is in Oklahoma city and, and all kinds of amazing bands, bread and butter band. Um, you know, I had toured with him in the past. Uh, we'd played together countless times. So I said, Hey, we're doing this thing. I really, I want your juju. I, I want your mojo in here. Come in and record with us. Well, as a traditional, you know, studio experience, you know, you're thinking like, okay, I'm on somebody else's time. Like I've got to be really good. You're just, you're in your head before you yeah. even get in the door. Right. Self-defeating. Holy crap. Yeah. And even if you're, you know, as, as professional and experienced like David, that that's still the experience that you, you expect to walk into. And I'll never forget. He showed up with like you know, typical like six pack Red Bull, um, some heartburn medicine because we're old. <laughs> and he was like, okay, let's do this. And, you know, he came in and just like with everybody else, we were like, so uh, we don't really know what we're doing. Um, we don't have anything like we've we've got this and, and some seeds over here. But, you know, just kind of do your thing. And they look at you, they're kind of freaked out at first, because then that's too much space. Like, how do I, uh, what, what do you want me to do? And so this super cool thing happened as people start to believe it, and they start to feel it just by being around the two of us in that environment. All of a sudden, you know, you start playing this little thing. Hunger came from a riff that David started playing after he tuned his guitar. I'm headed <laughs> to the bathroom and I whip around, had my little shriek moment like like Steve was talking about. And I said, Whoa, what is that? And uh, we built on top of that. There's that plus one that Steve was talking about where you refine, you know, the foundation. What What you hear today is, you know such a quantum leap from where it started. Um, but that's how we made this record was like, I, I really don't know until we do something that we all feel not yeah. like from a mental space, but freaking feel. And then by the end of the day, Brewster's like, I could do this all day. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you can. Cause it's just your, your spirit gets to flex yeah. a little when, bit. When, when, when you get more than, three people in a room and the consciousness are all tuned in. That's right. That's, that's a magic that rarely happens. Yeah. So, so thanks cool. for um, that, David, we've got hunger out of the deal. Do, uh, 
we want to play Hunger or maybe give like a 30-second preview? I know you guys are dropping it here this month, so what do we want to do? little tasty taste? little taste? Preview? I don't know. How's it we, on? What can we get it off? Already on, maybe need to send it to us. Oh. I can kind of hum it. It's like, it's like, duh, yes. duh, 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 A one, two, yeah. Well, count it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a banger. Steve, right. do you have the mastered track pulled up? I think I can yeah, send it. Do, do you like it? You guys like it? Yeah. Hey, how would you think? <laughs> Here, I'll send it to you guys real quick. Okay. Yeah. Well. Um. So, kind of back backtrack a little bit just to kind of get like, what is what's the first thing that pops in your head when you walk into um, a creative space? Like, are you thinking lyrically? Are you thinking oh, there's a melody? Are you thinking piano? Like music theory? Steve, you want to speak on that? None of that. What's that? Um, None of that. <laughs> Uh, well, I, you know, when it, when it comes to, um, when it comes to recording, it's, it's sort of an extrapolation or not, maybe not an extrapolation, but a different uh, form of, of Katie and I sort of writing together. Um, it was really important to us to have this process down that invited the most creativity and energy and personality that we could get out of everybody playing uh, so we made the decision early to do the actual record onto a uh, 16-track tape. Um, so that that sort of limits us in one way. Uh, we also made the decision early on to do everything, or to do, like, basic tracks uh, live uh, without click tracks. Um, and so that what that means is that when we say, hey... Uh, you know, David and Paco, uh, when you come in, like, here, this is the riff. Uh, you know, we sent you this demo. That's sort of how it goes. Um, but we'll jam it out a few times in the room to where people sort of know where they're at. Uh, but it's not something that's so rehearsed and practiced that you just sort of naturally play it the same every time. And so every time that we push record, you get... Um, you know, very definitive versions uh, where they, they vary from each other. <clears throat> and, and, and you open the doors for these moments of like, oh, shit, that was cool. Because that thing happened, that means that we have to take this whole take. And so there's, there's no, like, overdubbing the main stuff. You know, you can overdub certain stuff, but, you know, they're the root tracks and what happened happened and you know looking back on all of that the greatest thing is that even my own parts like i've been playing the songs for a while now so i sort of play them the same every time i can you know stretch a little bit on certain gigs or whatever but it's not fresh it will never be fresh ever again in my mind but it was when we track it was to everybody when we track and there are things that happened on the record that I cannot replicate today <laughs> because they were accidents. They were, you know, this. Uh, that just tells me you had a great studio experience, honestly. We lit a fire under I ourselves mean, is what we did. Re recording music is, it seems unnatural, <laughs> you know. It seems. Why we do this? It, it, seems, it seems sort of antithetical to... Uh, to playing music because jamming in a room or playing live 
is not the same headspace that typically we're in when we're recording a song. And that's why I take out the click track, not because we don't want it to be, you know, at a particular tempo, because we did have to go and record and re-record stuff because, man, that was like, that was a little fast. Like, that didn't groove right. Um, We took out that click track so that when the three or four of us are in a room playing, not all of us are going beep, 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 beep. Oh, shit, where'd the click go? Okay, there it is, beep, beep. We're going like, oh, okay, like, somebody's really digging into it. I'm going to dig into it, too. Like, you're vibing off of each other. And to capture that in the stereo field, I think, is something that is so far gone. Like, I am on the search all the time for something that doesn't sound like, you know, great musicians playing perfectly. You put together this thing, all the choruses sound the same. You know, this this hunt for imperfection only seems to come from records that we all agree that we like that happened 30, 40 years ago. But we've abandoned all of the techniques to get those kind of sounds and vibes because we all have uh, the technology to make it uh, more perfect. And all of that does is make us feel like, oh, I didn't make any mistakes or I fixed all the mistakes so as a an ego your ego feels good because you nailed it it's perfect it's fine you can leave now uh with these recordings you you get a super high uh as a a listening experience listening to the whole thing but i swear to god there was always at least one person in the room that went oh man i i flubbed that little thing there or i did something weird like everybody would would have something in them that's gone now. You don't you don't hear those mistakes anymore because nobody else heard them. So uh, the the new single comes out June twenty fourth here in a couple weeks. Um, where was the uh, inspiration for your lyrical content on that one? Are, are you a, do words flow through you? Because I'm the opposite. When I play guitar, I can pick it up and I can speak a million words without saying a word. But when I try to sit down and write lyrics, it's that like a roadblock goes up. Yeah, and then that's just not necessarily the the language you know of of your choice and so for me um a little bit about my musical journey is I could not until my mid-20s so um I think I took 
I was in choir in high school um, as far as singing is concerned. But, you know, a lot of people ask me that after shows, you know, where where did you go? Like, are you trained? And, da, da, da. and it's like, absolutely not. Um, and so I didn't st- I've written my whole life. I've been comfortable with the English language, poetry, um, as a form of expression, just one of the many forms of expression that I enjoy. And then when I was in my early 20s, I began playing guitar. Um, Had a lot of influences and a lot of help with that. And so for me... um, the the language came first right so at least in the beginning I realized oh my gosh I can put sound to these poems that I've Mm. written that's where a lot of the first songs came from um and then I kind of fit them into my capabilities on the guitar right because those phrases and the poetry was kind of already um in existence then at some point it was a hybrid, you know, as I learned more on the guitar, I would write chord progressions and things like that. And I would have melodies come to me that I would then combine and pair on the guitar. But this definitely uh, feeds into where we're at currently, because I'll just be perfectly honest, I never fully resonated with the guitar as my um, instrument or expression of choice. It was a vehicle. Right. It was a tool. Yeah. Um, I did solo tours. I, you know, committed to that for many, many years. But um, part of why we have this uh, evolution right now is I became so disillusioned and so discouraged by what I could do with that instrument that I just became disheartened by the whole experience uh, moved out to New Mexico didn't take a guitar with me I was like I guess I'm done with music in mm. this way as an art form completely because I was writing by my capabilities on that instrument and the cool thing about creativity um, is that it finds you and it's a, an integral part of who you are I think artists sometimes wrestle with, you know, well, if I don't do this, then I won't be this anymore. Right. And if you're an artist, baby, like that's, that is who you are. And that's such a cool thing to realize. Like I can't get rid of this even if I tried. So as I was living in New Mexico, um, these songs would come to me, these melodies would come to me that were in, uh, notes and chord progressions and and were completely free of the little c g and d that i'd been yeah. you know <laughs> hanging out with and so um that was really a gift um and then like i said when steve comes into the picture and is able to combine his you know musical knowledge with with that um you have this project so as far as lyrics are concerned sometimes it's very literal um like storytelling? Yeah, very earth plane, okay. you know, storytelling. This happened to this person. Maybe it was me. Maybe it wasn't. Other times, I um, don't have any problem saying it comes from beyond. It's almost like a channeling type experience where um, my job, as Bob Dylan would say, is just to not get in the way. Um, and then I back out and 
kind of realize what I have written, hmm. um, which comes from, you know, the, the undescribable place. I, I totally, <laughs> I'm the same way on the guitar. Exactly. I'll, I'll just be running through some chords, warming up, and then I'll be like, wait a minute, what was that? That was cool. <laughs> when your mind took a back seat yeah. and yeah. everything else was allowed to come forward, yeah. yeah. Yep. Sometimes the mind follows the body. Other times the body follows the mind. That's right. And uh, that's that's awesome, man. Well, um, where as a as a listener on the to to the record, like after everything was sort of said and done, uh, I took a long trip to St. Louis and sort of, you know, we'd already established the, uh, you know, the song order. But at some point, like in the middle of the record, I started wondering, like, does this work as a story? And as I because inter- I I don't really listen a lot to to the lyrics as we're you know in the thick of it. But when I just sat down and, and became a listener, the story sort of revealed itself in my mind of this, uh, this woman's journey in a couple of relationships in her sort of life as my mind interpreted it. That was really, really cool. So it sort of kind of works as a story album. And as a joke, Katie told me like she used to say something about time as a flat circle, which was, which is sort of a reference to, uh, Oh my God, but God, is it ever, especially post COVID. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. But the, the in in my mind, like the lyrics of the record, sort of sort of works that way too. If you want it to, <laughs> if you force it, if you shoehorn it just well, right, when it comes it's to a story um, record melodies, and uh, honestly, female vocals to me are better at storytelling songs. I mean, across the genres, when Thank it comes to, when it comes no, when it comes to songs that start as a you know tells a story, as opposed to other songs, it's kind of like you can tell they cut and pasted different. Mm funny or quirky little lines and they put that together. Um, but well, I do really think we're in a, uh, a time when like I'm constantly searching for new sort of rock music. I think we're in a moment where like a, a lot of things have already been said by, uh, by guys <laughs> that we've heard a whole lot. <laughs> and sort of so like there's so much to be said that are on this you know different end of the spectrum that women are saying that you know hasn't already been said since the the 1950s in right. the rock genre that it's it's so like it's exciting as hell to me just to, to to get that that version of things, and this song, like, I texted Katie when I realized what the fuck she was Can saying. Can we tell him it was two years after we started playing it? That's that's how much he focuses on lyrics. Yeah, he texts me. He goes, "Oh my god, is this a dirty song?" <laughs> um, yes, I kind of yes, I kind of drew that off of the title but all right man you know hey you know. so good so good it's a little on the nose but you know why well, the hell not uh, well it, it's it, it's it's exactly the same feeling as when you were listening to led zeppelin squeeze my lemon and you suddenly oh my. realize <laughs> like squeeze my lemon 
to the Jew. What is he the- talking? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> Hunger dripping down to... What? Well, um, uh, where does this go? I mean, let's uh, kind of work on wrapping it up. But, I mean, do you guys have any um, upcoming tour dates? Or are you guys really just focused on getting this out and trying to market this new thing that we we were hoping you out. could you could tell us because we're, we're, we're <laughs> <laughs> we would like for somebody That's to take it. our hand oh, and lead help, us help from show. here uh because we've been working so hard for so long already and we really want to do this thing justice um well, what are y'all looking for? I mean, the the festival market is everything's a goddamn festival these days because mm-hmm. there's such a rush to want to see as much as possible on the backside of COVID. But mm-hmm. as far as a band, like, what are y'all are y'all? I've heard so many different things. There's I'm friends with uh, bands out in California. The West Coast has like a a style of marketing. The East Coast bands have a little bit different, and the Nashville has a has a certain way. Um. Out in the West, I'm hearing is mostly that they're doing, they're focusing on singles. And they'll release a single every quarter, every couple of months. And then at the end of that year, they put an EP out with mm-hmm. those singles. And the, the, the album is becoming a thing of the past. Right, right. And we, we definitely jumped on that train and have been very fortunate to um, have support from a uh, local record label, Horton Records, up in Tulsa. Um, who's been absolutely phenomenal just because it was so important to find um, people that also enjoy this music. You know, we're no no slight against, you know, the Red Dirt scene or anything else. We've certainly been a part of that and have many, many friends in that um, arena. But it always helps when somebody just really digs your stuff, yeah. and that's Brian Horton. And so... He's been fantastic um, through our buddies uh, in Helen Kelter Skelter. We came upon Team Claremont, um, who's helping us with PR. So we've got support this time for for the first time. Um, So we're kind of dipping our toes in with that because, like Steve said, the last thing you want to do is spend three years on something and do what... I have done personally in the past and so many of us do, which is like, we're so tired and broke. We don't want to think about the business part because we're yeah. artists yep. and we just go, okay, here it is. And it, ex- it exists on Instagram and Facebook for three days and then people forget about it and you're on to the next thing. And so we've really kind of been, um, I would say forced, but this is such a passion um, and and love of mine, this, this particular project that I'm pretty much willing to do whatever it takes. The the day job that we were talking about, mm-hmm. you know, before we started yeah. recording, it's all in the name of this. And so um, what the future holds is largely unknown, but gosh, we're excited to get back to um, the creative space, uh, speaking for myself. Um, <laughs> I'm going to drag Steve along with me, but we do have shows lined up. We've got lots of exciting um, album release shows both here and in Tulsa, and we'll see what the next year brings. Well, I will definitely um, spread y'all's name around. I've actually had um, a couple of different, I won't say like promoters, but people that are have investors that are trying to 
put a festival style thing together because it's a hot market right now. And I've had some guys reach out and ask ask around about Norman and OKC bands. And um, I will definitely pass you guys along. You guys rocked us here at, at Norman Music Fest. Y'all were the first band I walked up on. Oh, and nice. I was like, who's that chick? Because <laughs> she's crushing it. So, And then I recognized Matt. And I'm like, I know that guy. Yeah, <laughs> You get closer and you're like, oh. oh yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, well, that's where we thrive. We we love playing live. It's it's a, it's its own experience, and I could I could die happy doing that every day. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on. Steve, thanks for joining us here remotely. Um, maybe uh, down the road, maybe we can cross paths and, and get a, a concert together. We can just promote y'all live on the show. Maybe one of these days. Yeah, we'd love that. We would love awesome. that. All right, guys. Uh, I guess that wraps about wraps it up. Any other things you want to put out there before we uh, call it a day? I don't think so. Be be good to each other. Don't stop listening to rock and roll. Be excellent to each be other. Be excellent. <laughs> Jonathan, take us home, man. All right. Uh, the Local Earshot Podcast, we run on the value for value system. Uh, that is time, talent, and treasure. Uh, the first T is time. We value everybody's time for listening. There's over 4 million pod- podcasts out there. I mean, there's a lot of things you could be listening to, so we're kind of happy that you're listening to our show. Um, as for talent, if you are in the music industry or you're an artist, then uh, contact me at john at thelocalearshot.com. We can get you scheduled out to come on an episode. Um, and we welcome anybody that works inside the music industry. So if you own a venue or if you like uh, do other things inside in you know music and everything, we welcome you to come on and talk about what you do. Uh, and then as for treasure, if you want to donate to the show, you can go over to thelocalearshot.com. There's a tab that says donate. If you click on it, we take crypto, we take cash app, Vitmo. Um, and, um, and there's some other ways that you can actually give, um, other ways that people can also give is with their time. If you want to help us out, spread the word about the show, um, and just let people know what we're doing. All right. Thank you for listening. Bye guys. Damn, I just my cell phone. You got-